today on Ag News Daily. Something that our team is really excited for is at the end of July, we will be traveling to Washington, D.C. for National State Officer Summit. Well, listeners, welcome back. Hopefully you had a safe and healthy 4th of July. Is that the right thing to say? Safe and healthy? Maybe it should be safe and happy, Delaney. Yeah, I'm not sure either, Tanner. We'll have to look at and see what the, what the mannerisms say to do for that one. We've got a uh, coworker of mine that did a finger check when everybody walked in today, making sure we all still had our 10 fingers. So uh, needless to say, the bank is safe from finger loss as far as that report goes. That's an interesting thing to share with us, but thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's hit weather. Still have some thunderstorms expected to hit parts of Iowa, Illinois. They're forecasted to come in throughout the day. Some near and east of the Mississippi River may become severe and have some more damaging winds. Hail might be a concern. I know we saw a couple of uh, folks and listeners send us pictures from northwest Iowa, parts of eastern Nebraska that had hail themselves. We also see severe weather chances expected for parts of Oklahoma and northwestern Arkansas. Wind gusts up to 70 miles per hour in those areas. We really just have multiple rounds of severe thunderstorms scattered about the country, so we'll continue to watch those today. The highest level of impact is projected between 4 and 10 p.m., but it was also interesting to see where things are headed. We did get report from the National Weather Service that the 4th of July was officially the warmest day on earth. So not just in any potential region, but if you combine the average temperatures throughout the entire part of the planet, it was the warmest day, Delaney. So a little fun fact for you there. Yeah. And you know what, Tanner, we missed this because we didn't have a podcast on Monday and uh, things were a little crazy last week with the acreage report, but we had a derecho that was reported once again in parts of Illinois and Missouri late last week as a severe weather system swept through a large portion of both states. We're seeing a lot of flattened corn, Tanner. Actually, my husband Blaine was driving home from St. Louis while that derecho was going on kind of following it right after its path had uh, gone through a lot of those areas. And so we're still waiting to hear final damage estimates for those states, but some folks clocked winds up to 120 miles per hour in certain portions of the state. And a lot of folks got some large hail and and in uh, parts of Eastern Illinois, clocked in at about three, three and a half inches in diameter hail size, Tanner. So Certainly, probably seeing a lot of fields that are flattened now. Uh, The question and the discussion we were having over the weekend was, is it early enough in the growing season that these ears, these stocks are going to be able to get back upright, at least partially? Or is it too late, like we saw here in Iowa a couple of years ago, where it was so late in the growing season, the corn just kind of stayed flat. So, Yeah, I've seen a lot of articles written by agronomists as far as that goes, uh, stating that it being 30 days earlier than the one that hit Iowa is a positive, but right away projecting a 25% yield loss right off the top. Ultimately, moisture and future weather concerns will dictate the way it will rebound as far as that goes. And 
we had an uptick, Delaney, in downloads on the Farm for Profit podcast because we did a couple of emergency episodes right after that derecho three years ago, and uh, those are still out there. I'm glad listeners are picking up that resource. We also got crop progress report. 8% of corn is silking. That's just slightly ahead of last year and behind the five-year average. Crop conditions, nationally, the corn was rated 51% good to excellent. That's actually up one percentage point from 50% last week, but still down from 64% a year ago. Uh, looking at Illinois as only 36% good to excellent, Missouri just 23%, and Michigan at 33%, leading the states that are dragging that rating down. 24% of soybeans were blooming, nine percentage points ahead of last year and four above average. Crop Condition Report has soybeans at 50% good to excellent, down one percentage point from the week before. Same states also reporting a little bit of lower than average. Illinois 30% good to excellent, but still 26% poor to very poor. Wheat harvest has started. 30% of the harvested or crop was harvested as of Sunday. That's 13 points up from the previous week, but still behind the five-year average. Crop condition states winter wheat is rated 40% good to excellent, which was unchanged. Yes, thank you for sharing those updates with us. I think everybody is probably just getting back into the news swing today because things have been a little slow here for the holiday week starting out, Tanner. But one of the final headlines I have is looking at the retail fertilizer trends once again. UAN 28 fertilizer prices have dropped below $400, Tanner, for the first time since September of 2021. According to DTN's weekly fertilizer tracker, most average retail fertilizer prices continued their downward trend for the fourth week of June 2023. Six of the eight major fertilizer were lower by 5% or more. Anhydrous was 5% less expensive than last month with an average price of $753 per ton. And the other five fertilizers were lower in price down just slightly from last month, but UAN 28 dropped below the $400 per ton level, which is certainly the biggest winner when you look at all other major fertilizer price trends, Tanner. Yeah, you're right. It seems like uh, a lot of news sources are a little short on headlines. Tyson's Food is reintroducing certain antibiotics to its chicken supply chain, so they will be dropping their no antibiotics ever tagline from some of their branded chicken products. This will involve drugs that the company said are not important to human health. The antibiotics that Tyson plans to add into some of its chicken diets are known as ionophores. The Wall Street Journal is reporting this, citing people familiar with the matter will effectively be managing the lines of all fresh, frozen, and ready-made products under the Tyson brand. These will be used to control the disease in poultry, and diseases in poultry, and will maintain intestinal integrity to help deliver good bird health and ultimately be there for uh, the well-being of the animal. So based on current science, Tyson branded products are transitioning to this labeling and states that their customers should have nothing to worry about. We've got updates coming from Russia and Ukraine. 
Ukraine says it has procedures in place for a potential Russian assault on the nuclear power plant after being warned that explosive been placed in the region. Putin will try to consolidate power in Russia after the Wagner Group uprising. He stated here that the southwestern regions of Russia were attacked again by shelling across the borders from Ukrainians. Ukrainians are taking uh, are taking ownership of those attacks. The Russian defense military said that it's intercepted five Ukrainian drones near Moscow in the form of what they are calling a terrorist attack. So we'll continue to keep an eye on what is going on across the seas. But Delaney, we're about ready to look at markets here mid-morning because I think it took you a little while to get yourself out of bed here in your post-4th of July shenanigans. So where do we sit on markets as we talk today? Yes. Well, thank you for implying that. I've just had a lot of meetings. I scheduled <laughs> meetings first thing this morning, which in hindsight wasn't a great idea after being looking at some fireworks late last night. But as we come off of the holiday trading session, markets were not open in the overnights last night, open first thing here this morning, and things are lowered across the board as we saw quite a bit of rainfall uh, hitting some of the key areas that needed it. September corn is down seven and a half cents at the midday at 480 and a half. These new crop corn down seven and a quarter cent at 487 and a quarter. August soybeans down nine and a quarter cent here at the midday at 1458 and a half. Nove new crop beans down 11 and three quarters cents at 1342. In the Winter wheat contracts here today as we're heading into harvesting up 30 cents in the September contract at 826 and a half. And in the livestock pits, after getting a nice little pop from some summer grilling season and the uh, 4th of July here, starting to see things trend a little lower in the live cattle complex. August today down 65 cents at a buck 76.17. August feeders up 57 and a half cents at 248.47. And August lean hogs up $2.25 at $96.57 and a half. Tanner, we are chatting today with the new Iowa FFA Association president and her outlook here on her year ahead as the Iowa FFA president heading into county fair season. With it being the beginning of July, the Iowa State FFA officers have been very busy preparing for state fair and doing everything that they must throughout the summer to prepare for it and represent the state association well. Today, we have Holly Schmidt with us. Holly is currently serving as the Iowa FFA state president. How has this summer been going for you, Holly? The state officers have been super busy this summer, um, traveling to chapter officer leadership trainings at the beginning of June. We did some career development events through June, and then we just finished up with our summer ag-ag conference uh, trainings and some partnership visits this past week. We're really excited for this next coming week in July as we have some more partnership visits. Um, go and thank the people who help us out and make sure that we can have agricultural education in Iowa. And we also have, like you said, the state fair coming up. So we're super excited about that. Awesome. And with all of these conferences, there's a lot of lingo and terms thrown around that some of us FFA members definitely know what they mean and the conferences and what they do for us. But some of our listeners may not know exactly what we do at these conferences to help benefit um, our future and just currently ourselves in FFA. So what is Colt Conference, the Ag Ed Conference, and how do those all help the FFA members? 
COLD conference stands for Chapter Officer Leadership Training. And at this training, there's one in each district. So there's six districts in Iowa. And all the chapter officers from the district will come and gather together at this event. It's a really great opportunity for them to learn a little bit more about their leadership skills, how their team dynamics play into their officer team, and also learn a bit more about their officer positions, like being president or being secretary. It's also a good opportunity for students to network with other chapter officers from across the state. Some other events that we had, career development events are CDEs, and in June we had a few of them. Some of those were like course judging, floriculture, food science, just to name a few. At these, students get to do hands-on activities where they get to compete and uh, compete against other chapters from across the state. So, for example, in floriculture, students really get to be hands-on and make create a corsage, and then they get judged on that corsage and different skills that it takes to do it. So, these development events are a great way for students to um, get involved in different parts of agriculture and see what really sparks their interest. Um, the next would be Summer Ag Ed Conference. So this conference is actually for Ag teachers. So um, it's IAAE, which stands for Iowa Association of Agricultural Educators, their summer conference. And so as state officers, we just go and uh, talk to the, uh, the chapter advisors and um, kind of network a little bit and get to know everybody. But the teachers there are doing some professional development learning about different events that are coming up in the year. And that really helps our members because when your ag teacher knows what's going on, it's a lot easier for you to be involved and stay involved as well. Absolutely. And it sounds like you have been incredibly busy with all of these conferences and working with the career development events and students competing at them. Earlier, you also mentioned partnership visits. Where all have you had the opportunity to visit this year and what have those experiences looked like? So this past week during Summer Ag Ed Conference, my officer team went to probably 10 partnership visits over two different days. So the ones that I personally got to go to included Honey Hollow Farms. We got to go to a bee farm. We went to Dalton Farm Toys, which is really cool. He has the world's largest toy, uh, farm toy collection. It was really interesting to learn about a different side of agriculture. Um, we went to Four Seasons Fundraising, which is what a lot of our FFA chapters do their fundraising through. And then as a whole, whole team, we went to the Iowa Soybean Association, the Iowa Farm Bureau, and then we also went to Van Wall, um, John Deere, Implements. So it was a lot of different types of agriculture and different industry um, areas. So at these partnership visits, you know, we will uh, meet directly with the people who are sponsoring some of our events. Um, Farm Bureau is a huge sponsor of the FFA, so we really are great for their support. But we go and we talk to them. We tell them kind of what we're up to this summer, um, some of the things that their um, support is going to. And then we also talk a little bit about what they want our partnership to look like in the future, how we they can support us, and just kind of get them informed on what their donations are going to in FFA. That sounds like an incredible experience for not only you and the other state officers, but for the companies and organizations that you are partnered with as well, just so they can know where their money is going to and just how beneficial FFA is for the organization and the future of the ag industry as a whole. 
And speaking of which, looking forward to the rest of the summer, I'm sure you have a lot of plans as a state officer and president, but especially at the Iowa State Fair, which is coming up here pretty quick in August, what is that going to look like for yourself and the members that may be exhibiting at it as well? Yeah, so from a state officer perspective, we will be at all the livestock shows, we'll be checking members in, making sure they have their t-shirts, their exhibitor numbers, making sure they're ready to go for their different events that they'll be in. So FFA members from all over the state will be participating in some livestock shows. Um, photography is an option. They also have the ag mechanics projects. So there's a lot of variety when it comes to the state fair and what FFA members are involved in. There's also the animal learning center. So FFA members work that and um, kind of show off some younger animals to the public and get them informed of what it takes to be a farmer and an agriculturalist today. So at the state fair, there's just so many opportunities and everywhere you look, there'll be FFA members, um, whether they are showing, maybe they're ushering in the grandstand. So FFA ushers will be at all the shows during the grandstand events. We'll also be in the ag building in the FFA display, answering some questions from the public and really just um, showing up and being there to support the state fair, but also show people what agricultural education is. The state fair is definitely a busy two weeks for FFA members, but also makes for a busy summer for the state officers and the rest of the members that may be competing because of all the preparation that it takes to get there. Looking forward to the rest of the summer for you outside of state fair and maybe coming into the fall. What are some things that you have to look forward to with the rest of your team in your position? Something that our team is really excited for is at the end of July, we'll be traveling to Washington, D.C. for National State Officer Summit. So this is a gathering of all the state officers from across the country, and we do some leadership training. We'll meet with our legislators, and we'll get to kind of do some sightseeing in uh, Washington. But it's really exciting because you get to, you know, network with FFA members from all across the country, and then you kind of see them show up again at national convention, at some different conventions throughout the year. So, you know, FFA is a huge people organization. It's all about meeting people, making connections. And so these events where we get to do that, it's really exciting for our state officer team. Absolutely. It sounds like you have been busy, but I'm sure this is all extremely worthwhile and you are gaining so much from it for yourself and the organization. Just for listeners as one big hole of advice, what is a general overview of why you think that everybody should be in support of FFA, whether it be from an alumni standpoint, a outside supporter, or just a friend helping with a local FFA chapter? I think something that makes FFA members special is that they can talk to people. You know, we can have conversations. Jennifer, you are a former FFA member, I know. And so, you know, that you can just go up to anyone and talk to them and you're not scared to do that. And I think in today's society, it's kind of hard to have those face-to-face interactions, especially with more technology coming in. But I think that people should be supportive of FFA, whether you're a parent, a teacher, a student, um, or a member, because, you know, there's so many opportunities to meet people and work on those communication skills, because you can always learn how to be an auto mechanic, but can you, you can't always learn those communication skills like at the job you have to build those and grow those over many years so I think FFA is super important because it teaches people how to talk to each other how to be a good public speaker how to answer questions and really um, 
show that they're things that they're passionate about and talk about them purposefully. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Holly. We really appreciate it. And we hope you have a great rest of your term. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks listeners for joining back with us here after the holiday. Always great to share the headlines and some fun stories like the one you just heard. Don't be afraid to check back in with us for the rest of the week. We'll have more great news for you, right Delaney? Absolutely, Tanner. We've got some great conversations coming up later in the week as well as just fun, friendly banter between Tanner and I. (laughs) We we both were not on our A game today. So uh, come back (laughs) tomorrow and it'll be better, we promise. So what do you say for today? Should we let the listeners go? Let's let them go. 